This is the Data Career Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know to have an amazing data career. I'm your host, Avery, and I couldn't be more stoked that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode, we have a great interview with Andreas Kretz, the plumber of data science. And he is one of the best resources for all things data engineering. Okay, so you definitely need to listen to this if you don't know what data engineering is, if you're interested in data engineering, and also just listen to a really cool guy talk about how he ended up today where he's at. Andreas now runs an academy. You can definitely check it out at learndataengineering.com. Definitely check it out. I think I'm going to take some of his courses eventually. I think they're really good. Andreas also has a really good YouTube. I'll put both of those links in the show notes below so you guys can check it out. Andreas and I kind of just talked about how he got started in data engineering, what data engineering is, how it's different from data science and data analytics in general, what might be the best career path for someone who wants to get into engineering. Um, Later in the podcast, I actually tell a story that I've never really told publicly. About a year ago, last year, I was uh, interviewing for a job at Facebook, actually, and they headhunted me for a data engineering job. And I'm an awful, not an awful, I'm just not a good data engineer. So I talk a little bit about my struggle to try to learn data engineering in like seven days so I can be prepared for this interview. But alas, it uh, the hiring manager in the end was like, wait, you don't actually know that much about data engineering. And I'm like, no, I'm a data scientist. I tried my best. And anyway, she referred me on to their data science program. Uh, that's a story for another day. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast with Andreas. And thank you guys for tuning in. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast. Here's your host, Avery Smith. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to the Data Career Podcast. I'm super excited for today's guest. We have an excellent guest, uh, Andreas Kretz. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast. Hi, thanks. <laughs> so so glad to to have you here. Um, for those who don't know who Andreas is, definitely figure out who Andreas is. You can find him on LinkedIn by searching his name, or you can find him on YouTube as well. Uh, he is the plumber of data science. Um, he's been a LinkedIn top voice in data in 2018 and 2019. Um, he recently just went full time with Learn Data Engineering, which is basically, in my opinion, the best place to learn how to be a data engineer. Um, so you can find that at learndataengineering.com. Um, and before that, he worked for, I don't even know how to say this properly. It's it's some, looks kind of Germany. Bosch Rexroth, is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> that and, works, yeah. and you were there for almost 10 years, right? Yeah, that's true. And, and you did all sorts of big data, data engineering problems and leadership there. Um, and he's one of the best people to follow for for data engineering and data in general. So super excited to have Andreas on the podcast with us. So thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Um, I did want to talk about, you know, what there's so many words in the data field, in the data industry, right? There's data analysts, there's big data, there's AI. Um, and then of course there's data science and data engineering. Um, for those who maybe aren't as familiar, could you maybe explain 
um, what the difference is. And also before, before we get going, I should say um, hello to everyone watching live. Um, we do have Dr. Tariq here. How you Thank doing? You. Uh, we have Marie. Good morning. Um, right. for, every, for everyone else who's watching, feel free to ask any questions in the comments and we, we, might, we might take some of them. Um, for Andreas, but, but anyway, sorry, let's go back. What's the difference between data engineering and data <laughs> science for you? Yeah, generally, um, I think very often you hear data science and you have this, this umbrella where, um, actually there are multiple jobs in data science and engineering is, is like a, a bit of a part of this, but <clears throat> generally you have to think of engineering is is um, has something to do with actually building the pipelines with working with the data getting data in feeding data into a storage making it available for the actual data scientists or for the analysts and the data scientists are the ones who actually use the data and who um, yeah do their analytics on do machine learning on and actually this the data engineer is sits below there and has has the platform in hand who actually automates everything and manages the data. It's a very general uh, distinction that works usually very, very good. You see this all the time. You have the scientists who, who's working on doing analytics and you have the engineers who are making sure that everything runs good and, and data is clean and so on. Yeah, so you kind of, uh, you make sure that the trains, the data trains run on time and where they're supposed to then. Uh, for true. the data scientists and nothing, nothing, nothing quits, quits in between and, and nobody, nobody knows it and stuff like that. Yeah. And nobody knows it. Okay. So if it yeah, does quit, just make happens. sure nobody knows that. Then. <laughs> I, I love that. That that's awesome. Um, and so I guess, uh, I, I'm a data scientist, right? You're a data engineer. Um, Con convince me as a data scientist why why should i be a data engineer or why is why is data engineering I maybe it's not better than data science maybe it's just different but, but i'm going to ask you anyways why, why is why did you choose data engineering over data science well i'm 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 i would say i'm an engineer uh, i'm coming from the engineering side I've, I've been a software developer and i always like try to figure out how to how to build stuff and and like make yeah make stuff work like build an end-to-end -end thing where you you get something in and you solve a problem and then uh yeah that that all with the with the standard it stuff that because i'm coming from a traditional it development like where you had where you're working with databases and websites and apis and so on and so for me i, I always went towards the actual engineering side where i can work with the data where I can figure out the schemas of databases and actually how to process the data and so on. Uh, whereas the data scientist, as I said before, does a lot of analytics and I tried it. I, I was looking into that, but I like, I, I didn't get over a, over a course from Andrew Ng on, on, on Coursera or something where, no, no, that's, that's forget about it. <laughs> that's not my thing. And uh, so I, actually went with engineering and that's that's the thing so for the, for the scientist if you're happy as a scientist stay a scientist be good as a data scientist and if you're happy as an engineer be good as an engineer uh, 
I, I don't think there's a this transition is absolutely needed. What happens very often is that you you're in the data scientist role, and I see that uh, when I do coaching, I have uh, very often I have data scientists there who are get, actually getting data engineer coaching for me, because they're in a situation where they are working on a on a project on a platform. They are basically the analytics is done. And they they have had their CSV files where they where they're building the models and they're they're training the models they're testing everything, and then they they get to the point like there are no engineers but now I need to build something, now I need to to show it to someone, not just like a one off thing but like build a, a minimum viable product and or even a proof of concept like where I say okay here look we have a few servers and here's the pipeline that everything flows and. And very often the scientists in this case is, is doesn't have the knowledge to do that. So it's good to, to get some, some engineering knowledge to actually know, okay, um, how could I build something? Where, where, when do I use the API? What is the stream and the batch pipeline? Understand the difference between a relational and a NoSQL database. Like the, this stuff um, is, is very important for a scientist that wants to build a bit of a bit yeah. and then later yeah, usually I, later later than they come in the engineers once everything is rolling and then you try to make it better yeah i i think that makes a, a lot of sense um and i i love what you you talked about like well i had kind of the it and the cs background already that you know really helped me with with data engineering um, and I think that's probably true. I think, and I don't, I don't have a ton of experience in data engineering. Like you said, I've, I've been a data scientist who has needed to do data engineering tasks. Um, and I've talked to Andreas about this before. I do them pretty poorly. I'm not great at, <laughs> at data engineering. It is not my strength. I, I'm a good data scientist, but I'm, I'm a bad data engineer. Um, but I think people that have maybe like domain backgrounds, like I'm, I'm like a, a chemical engineer. That's my original background, right? Or mm -hmm. people who maybe have like an, an economist degree or maybe people who have, I don't know, some sort of domain knowledge that have done, that have been doing analyses and understand the domain. I think they probably end up as good data scientists. Um, and I think people maybe who are in IT or information systems or, you know, CS, computer engineering, I think they end up making good data engineers. And I mean, you could, you could do either. It's not like this is a hard boundary, but I just think having that computer and tech background and like understanding how systems works is so key for data engineering. And I think you just get a head start if you, if you, if you've already been doing that, right. Versus as a chemical engineer, we don't really ever touch, you know, databases and the difference between, you know, no SQL and, and SQL databases. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's really interesting that you said that. Um, but how much, how much do you think a data scientist should be able to do in the data engineering world? Well, <laughs> it always depends on like, uh, what, what level are you, are you going to work on? Like, as I said, if you're, if you're still in the early phase of a project and you need to set some stuff up, I mean, um, create maybe uh, use something like power BI, understand how to build a database behind it where you store the data and then make it accessible and find a way to actually feed in data through whatever an API or do a, or, or, or like yeah, have a file 
dropped somewhere and then some automatic processing behind it that takes the file and, and puts it somewhere where you can then later we can apply your your models on so i think i think it's um what the what the scientist doesn't really need is deep knowledge of um of the monitoring apps like what what could you do to actually like make it make it nice make it a, a nice monitoring do a lot of performance um improvements and so on i think that's something what i think a data scientist doesn't really need it's it should data scientists should work around actually building something a rough thing that works and how to and that allows to apply the actual applies to uh, allows to train the data train the models allows to apply models and there are a ton of features like if you go on a cloud platform you can do that very very with very very simple simple methods maybe it's very very simple for for andreas but i don't no, know it's, if it's it's like once you know once you know where to look and that that's what i mean once you know where to look uh, the actual doing is fairly easy but you need to you need to understand okay how do in general how do some tools work um how do I this? What type of schema design do I need? I, I'm schema design. Just as I told you before, before we went live, like I, I was working to, this morning on recording a, a schema design course. The actual, the actual doing and planning before for that, and that is which tool to use. How, how do I design my my schemas for my data so I understand how to store it and how to query it again? the actual this is more work than the actual doing if you go on on aws something <laughs> set up set up a message queue is fairly easy you can do that with a few clicks but you need to understand wh when do i need to set up the message queue when does it make sense how do i how does the data look or should the data look that i sent through and th these are the things that, that you that you need to understand yeah that's that's so true because um, so like I said, I have dabbled in data engineering, you know, I've been on these public cloud platforms like, you know, Google cloud platform or Azure or AWS. And you're, you're totally right that it's less difficult, like the tasks aren't difficult to do, but knowing where to click and when to click, that is, that is the key. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, especially in these cloud platforms, I'm sure they don't do it on purpose, but it almost feels like sometimes on purpose, they're making it like very hard to find like the one, the one or two buttons you need to press. <laughs> like you have to like open up a panel and then drop down a menu and then, oh, there it is. I'm, yeah, I'm sure, I'm so, sure you know where it is, but I don't. <laughs> some, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's annoying. Yeah. We had, we had things like where we were in, in the coaching, we, we solved the problem and we were, we were an hour we went through everything like and then it was just a simple like a tick a box need, needed to be ticked and i went over it i didn't see it and then that was it and then it worked and then you you sit there and like oh my god this took us forever just because <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, this this is completely normal yeah. <laughs> it's it's like when you have a bug in your code only it's like worse because it's a checkbox right like it's something yeah. that's that feels a lot simpler <laughs> yeah. that, that's true. that's funny um and i guess how much on the flip side here how much data 
Oh wait, no, we asked this. We how much data science should a data engineer know? Yeah. For I think for a, for an engineer it's it's important to be able to talk to a, a scientist so understand how does the actual the rough process work on how on on data science or on machine learning what are they doing and what are their needs so so think about um they they want to do data they need to do data exploration what type of tools do they most likely need there why are they doing data exploration um then you need to then yeah then you need to understand like um how how does the data look what are they looking for are they looking for uh oh man now i'm blanking here um uh, basically does the data already have examples of it maybe somebody in the chat or or avery you can help me with that how's that called man and the the two you have clustering you, yeah if you're supervised learning and if you're doing unsupervised learning so that an engineer needs understands the differences you don't need to actually be able to do it but you need to understand so if a, if a data scientist comes to you and says here i want to do supervised learning and i need to have these features here this 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 and this and i'm missing the actual the actual feature that indicates if it's if it's right or wrong or like then you then you then you understand what to look for and how to communicate with these people right? okay so uh, it's that's... it's more of understanding the the use cases and what they need available inside of the data. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like and how to, yeah. yeah, generally that's, I think that that fits very good because uh, if you, if you, if you don't understand what the data scientist needs, then you have a problem. Like how can you, how can you support someone? Because as an engineer, your role is to support your role is to, okay, here, and then I then if you need the data like this, then let's figure out a way to actually store it like this, and that you with a good performance can query it. Ah, you need to have your results sent to an API, and let's let's build something around that so that when once your model is running, the model can send the data, whatever, to a message yeah. view, or we set up an API for that. You know? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, at when I worked for, so I've, I've worked for a small company. I worked for a company called VaporSense. It had like 15 people. Um, and so you can imagine, we definitely do not have every role there is and you need in a business. So we didn't necessarily have a designated data engineer. So that either fell on our like software engineer or it fell on us, the data scientists. Um, and then at Exxon, there's, there's, I never met one person with the title, um, data engineer. There was people that were doing, you know, I mean, I, I guess there was data architects and that, that falls mm -hmm. inside of data engineering. Yeah. It's, it's a part. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's, yeah, it's a part. Um, but the, the, we didn't really have too many, um, data engineers and sometimes that led to a lot of problems where the, and I think this is also, I think also data engineering and data governance are actually pretty related. I think data governance uh, is kind of like the people that are making sure that the data science and the data engineering and the business are all on the same page, right? Mm. Um, but anyways, we just didn't have too many data engineers. And I think that, I think, I think that actually kind of 
made our data science suffer quite a bit. Have you seen that in in your career? Yeah, it's generally that's that's the that's the problem. Like and and that's why why engineering right now is I wouldn't call it booming, but it, it it's it's getting somewhere. I'd call it booming. <laughs> you ever call it booming? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> because people realize as you said, you you can you can build something, you can do a you can do some analytics, but at some point you need to automate it. At some point you need to make a reliable product out of it. And it's very, very dangerous to actually do this with without a specialist, without somebody who has, who, who can architect something, who can, who can set it up, who can maintain it. Right. And so and that's that's why that's why this is coming right now that's why that's why engineering is more more needed because a lot of companies like your 15 people company they are getting to that stage where they have that set up now and now they're running into problems the stuff quits without anybody notices or on the weekend stuff doesn't work then who takes care of everything right so th th this stuff where you need good engineering that is that is the important thing that yeah you guys like um just while you're talking i kind of thought of this analogy data scientists like let's say let's say there's a cliff you know and there's or like a canyon maybe and there's there's two sides of this cliff and data scientists might make a bridge you know an analysis that that gaps that cliff right but the bridge is kind of, it's wooden, it's kind of janky. It might have some like steps missing, swings back and forth. It's like maybe barely working. And what a data engineer's job is to come in and make it reliable. So, you know, instead of making it wood, maybe they make it out of steel or something like that. And they make it a little less wobbly. Maybe there's still some wobbles, but... <laughs> But like you don't notice the wobbles as much. That, that that kind of, I mean, and that that kind of goes with your, you know, your your uh, your mantra, right? Of of the plumber of data science. You guys are making you're making data science reliable, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like it, it's it's uh, it's the plumbing. It if if it's if it if it's done right, then it's invisible. If not, it's a huge mess, and that is that is what what you see all the time and your, your your process that you described actually is is exactly how it happens like you have you have a small team you have the scientist the scientist builds the wooden bridge does the end does the analytics builds a simple and simple thing around it a simple platform and then at some point en engineers need to come in and need to actually take charge of it take charge of the operations take charge of making it better making it more reliable so that the scientists can actually then go back and focus on, on the actual science again, right? If of course, if you have both teams at the beginning, it's even better. But let's face it: very often you don't have that. Very often people start small, and the scientist needs to have some some knowledge of engineering to build that first bridge. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um... While I was at Exxon, um, well, actually, when I was an intern there, um, I got put on a project, um, and I loved this project. It was my favorite thing I ever did at ExxonMobil. Um, and I ended up, so I, I prototyped everything in, in Python, um, and it, it worked really great. Um, 
distributing it to other people was was kind of hard. I should have I should have made it like a container and deployed it as a web application. Um, but as an intern, I didn't really know how to how to do that quite yet. Um, so, anyways, our IT team ended up taking it and redesigning it in. I think they were using like .NET basically um, and putting it on Azure, putting it in the cloud. And to be honest, uh, it didn't go very far. They ran into a lot of issues. Um, the the IT team really struggled with it. Um, and the person doing it, I mean, I don't I don't blame him. Um, the technology we were using was was kind of old and a little clunky. Um, but he had a, I think a software engineering degree. Um, and he was kind of acting as, you know, a little bit as a data engineer, a little bit as a software engineer, what background is best if I want to get into data engineering? Generally, I would say if you, if you have a general knowledge of computer science, that is, that is the main thing. Like I'm coming from where I'm coming from, how I started is I said the, the the traditional computer science route. I always like computer networking as well, working at Bosch as an intern for while I studied. Uh, I was working uh, in networking departments to set up routers and set up um, yeah networks and, and everything. So I, that is one part and you you need that knowledge of IP routing and, and so on, IP networking. A lot of times, even if you're on the cloud platforms, that is something I, I that is, is dear to me. I think you need, you need to, you need generally, these are the three things that, that you need. You need computer networking because you see this all the time. You need um, relational databases you need to be able to to query data from a from a relational database with sql you need to be able to to design a simple sql database a relational database and you need to have some software development skills you don't need to be the the, the best ever but like the, these are these are the the, the tools the, the the things you all all the time see you know and without coding, you can't do stuff. You can't do stuff because it's not like what a lot of people say. Like, huh? We have these new platforms where you do click, 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 and everything is done. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> For very, very simple stuff, might, but like, yeah. So you need coding. You need to understand how to how to work with data in in databases, and then how how can you yeah, how can you set up a few things like. That's, that's, okay. Even if you're working with Docker, you need to understand. Okay, and now I need to create a network, and I, you, you need to understand that the the containers need to have need to be part of the network, and maybe you need to get in and need to understand, need to look up the actual IP addresses within the containers or stuff. So you need to understand how does that work, right? And from there on, I think then then that's uh, that's the way to go. So you. Do do you need a formal degree? <laughs> yes and no. Okay. I think, I think um, if you're really good, or let's say let's say this way, the this you can learn everything on your own. Like there are so many good courses out there. If you have no idea about coding, you can you can do that. But actually, study, studying that at, at a university 
uh, has a lot of uh, different aspects that that help you on your journey right so um to to actually do some projects there to have the stress of of uh, learning for for actual tests and so on like they they have a lot of knowledge around there where you might not might not even know that you need to learn so it, i think generally it makes sense to to have a degree um yeah but it, it's not it's not super necessary if you have the if you don't have a degree and have have years of experience in working in these topics who who do you take somebody who has a lot of experience or somebody is new and has a degree most likely the person who, who has experience. Okay. Let, let's take me, for example. Let's say I'm a, I'm a chemical engineer. Um, I, I have an undergrad in chemical engineering. I know how to use Python. I know a little bit of SQL. Um, could, I, could, I just, could I just take some courses on learndataengineering.com and figure, figure out a decent amount of it? Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> not just, not just, the thing is, and, and and what I'm what I'm doing with the academy, like people people all, uh, or my focus is to teaching you. Uh, I do this with the academy. I do this with the coaching, teaching you where to look. There, if you're looking for specific courses on a uh, let's say uh, Apache Spark course, I always say there there are there's a hundred percent a twenty dollar course on on udemy or something that is way better than than what i do what i have in the academy but this these uh, these single courses that you see everywhere they 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 don't help you because you learn this one tool and you don't know how this how everything works together how can you actually build something like how how there, there are multiple layers of a platform and you need to understand that. And that is way, and, and once you are on that level, like you, you, you could go, you could go on, on the, in the academy, look about, look through this stuff, look through like how do document stores work. And then you can, if you're interested in that to, to go the further, then I would get a course on that or a good book where you actually have a 200 page book and you, you go through it and you do some exercises in there. The, you know, then you have a targeted learning, boom, 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 and you know actually where to go. And that's the biggest problem. You you could do it, but you don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. And the the roadmap is one of the hardest parts of, yeah, of all sure. dated professions, um, especially because I think it's so new um, that, I mean, okay, it's not that new, but it's gotten a lot more popular um, as of, as of recently. And so I think there's a lot of different avenues to learn. Um, and so we're still trying to figure that out. And I think the other part is like you talked about earlier is, and this is true of a lot of tech jobs is your degree doesn't matter that much. It's, it's your results. It's your experience, you know, um, it's, can, can you prove that you're, you're valuable? Um, and in the past that's been a diploma and a resume, um, but I think now there's there's a, a big transition between, okay, well, do you have experience? Do you have a way to show that you, you know, you've done some projects in the past? Um, I'm a big fan of having a portfolio and doing projects because I think that's how you show people, hey, look, I can do something. So um, yeah. what what advice would you would you give to aspiring data professionals? You know, maybe it's data science, maybe it's data engineering, just someone who wants to 
have a career in data? What would you say to them? First of all, I would I would try to to pick one thing to actually that that understand that you are interested in and get good at it. Um, don't go out there and try to learn everything. Pick a few things. Um, I'm I'm not sure what you how you would start that as a data scientist. Maybe start with with some uh, um, supervised learning, right? And and some some iris data set. <laughs> <laughs> but like um start with the simple things and try to try to understand how how stuff fits together and from from there then try to improve it step by step so you're for engineering it would mean you you build a simple platform like with the relational database and then at the next step you would go and actually how could you solve this with something with a with a document store how could you solve that with that or a white column store? What would that, how would that change everything? What what uh, upsides and what downsides would that have? So you actually start to start learning and, and start start reading that for yourself. But you need the foundation. And that, I think that for, for science is the same thing. Once you have the foundation, then you can specialize uh, in, in certain areas. I, I like that because the both fields are so big, right? Like there's so much stuff you can learn inside of a side of each. And I always tell people if, if they're just getting into data science, you know, like you said, get the foundations, you got to know SQL and then you need to know Python and or R. Um, it, it can be an or you can ha only have one. That's fine. Um, but then once you got that foundation, you can kind of specialize. And I, and I, I kind of joke with people and it's, it's half a joke, half serious that if, if, if you specialize on like cloud computing and maybe like AWS inside of data science, like you're going to be a lot more valuable than, than I am right now. You know, like you can surpass me um, as a data scientist, even if you're, you're behind me, if you, if you specialize at one thing, because I, for whatever reason, don't want to specialize. Like I am never specializing <laughs> and it's, it's sometimes to my, my downfall because it's impossible to know everything. And if someone got really good at one thing, they could probably make a lot of money. Exactly. And, and that, that fits together with what you said, you cannot learn everything like within, when I do coaching, I have students who work on AWS. I know my, I know fairly good AWS. I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty good in this. Then I have students who work on Azure or on GCP. I'm not the GCP or Azure expert, but once you, once you have knowledge of one, you can see how does that, ah, that, that thing is basically the same thing, just named differently, works a bit different, but then you can actually advise how to, how to, how to get there. Right. And so, so that's, I struggle with this all the time. Like I have students, they are way better with Azure than I am because I'm not, I'm not specialized in that. I know how it translates. I know the, the, I know how it works, but I, I'm like, I don't have the hands-on experience and you cannot have hands-on experience with everything. That's, that's impossible. Yeah. But, but like you said, you can figure it out if, if you need to, right? Like you can, you, you know, enough about how it works in AWS that you understand the structure, you understand like the main concepts, you know where to look if you have questions. Yeah. And, and and that's the cool thing. 
yeah it, it's i started with hadoop i i'm like I'm, i've been working for almost like these like uh, maybe seven or eight years on on hadoop platforms and once you know once i knew that and once i once i had uh, had like insight in how that every how that works what are the tools what to use them for then you look around and you see the stuff everywhere it's the same things they are named differently sometimes I, I think like do they do they have the in the background exactly the same systems but they just named <laughs> it differently and gave it a different interface like, yeah is that the same thing yeah that 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 is a good point that a lot of them look look pretty similar um yeah. And and you're right. They could just be the exact same thing in the background, and they just have di different names, and maybe maybe the buttons are hidden differently. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's how I see it. I'm like, where is that stupid button? I'm looking all over for it. Uh, okay, that's that's awesome. Um, here's a question here from uh, Nitish. Let me take it. Uh, let's see. So we need domain knowledge to break into data science, not just using tool will help. I don't think, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, what, what about data engineering? Do you need, do, you don't need domain experience. Like you can work in any domain or any industry, right? With data engineering. Mm, technically. Yes. It, of course it is good to, to understand how is the data being generated? What you need to, you need to have a knowledge because at some point you need to do about data validation you, it comes in somewhere and you need to validate so you need to understand actually does that does the data make sense or not but not to a degree like a data scientist i think where you have where you know like i'm, I'm coming from the iot world like with predictive maintenance where you know the physical yeah relationships between stuff that that's not like not nothing for an engineer yeah, it, exactly. So I think engineering, you need less domain experience. As a data scientist, you don't necessarily need the domain experience, but it can really help you, um, especially when you're breaking in. Um, I gave this example uh, with talking to Matt Francis the other day. Um, he, he's a geologist, worked in oil and gas, um, but I'll give it again today. Um, at Exxon, uh, and if you've listened to the podcast or seen any of my posts, you guys may know that I am not the, my memories at Exxon are not the most fond. It was, it was, a, it was a good experience, um, but I'm, I'm glad to be doing something else. Um, but one of the best things that Exxon did is they actually had these data science, data analytics, uh, crowdsourcing competitions. So they would put a problem that one part of the business was experiencing. They'd give you data for it and they'd say, hey, this is the problem we're having. Here's the data that we think could help come up with a solution and they, they just would crowdsource the solution and they'd make it a competition. So you'd like have a team, you'd work on it in your free time. And then you'd, you'd enter the, you'd submit your like presentation or your findings. Um, and they would kind of judge and, and maybe accept one of the solutions as, as a potential solution. And, uh, I have a chemical engineering background. Um, but I, I got into data science pretty early. Um, so I would always enter these competitions and, Pretty much it was me versus all of the actual data scientists inside of the IT department versus I was a data scientist in like the, in like the engineering department. Um, and even though these data scientists maybe were better data scientists than I, I was, I had such an advantage because they never knew like 
like one of the most basic things is sulfur in oil is bad. And they never knew that, right? They just, you don't get taught that uh, as, as an IT professional, you know, but as a chemical engineer, that's like, that's like, oh yeah, sulfur is bad because it's, you know, it's poisonous. It doesn't help you in your car. So you need to remove it. So it's bad, but they never got that. So, I mean, didn't necessarily, you know, they were still able to ask someone that had domain knowledge and figure it out. Um, but just having domain knowledge maybe saves you one step of having to ask someone and be a little bit more intuitive in how your your solutions like, oh, does this solution make sense? You know, because a lot of the times you, when you're making a, a model, you're just kind of like, oh, the data says that this is predictive, you know, X is predictive of Y. But you're right. Like you said, there are first principles you know, actual governing engineering equations of physics that can, that can tell us, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or yeah. that's kind of weird. That doesn't make sense. So it's, it, I have the same experience. Like in, in my old job, we were about um, predictive maintenance of, of, of stuff, like of machines. Like just, I, I always try to, or we in general, we always try to try to tell the management, listen, the actual the actual platform or the automation that is not that is not the big thing the big thing is or or even the analytics very often the analytics is 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 quite simple but actually understand why are you doing what you're doing with the data or what what does the data mean out of the domain knowledge that is something that that a lot of people don't have and then they they even though they might use the same algorithms they they will not get to the same results or good results because they lack the, the domain knowledge and even yep. as I said if you're if you're a scientist who has both you can take a few steps and uh, or skip a few steps and make it make it even faster yeah so yeah it's it's, it's important it's important especially when you're when you're breaking in um, so if you don't have you know uh, a let's say a CS background or a statistics background um, you, you may not necessarily be super qualified for data scientist position or data engineering position, but if you can offer, hey, I'm a data engineer, maybe, maybe you have, like, for instance, a chemical engineering degree and you're a data engineer for an oil company or you're a data scientist for a pharmaceutical company. That helps you break in more because the do domain knowledge is always valuable on top of your yeah. technical skills. So it, 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 it could be really important for that first job after the first job and you, and you get the rest of the technical, you know, IT side of things, it maybe not as much yeah. important. But, but it's, it's for, for engineering, it's the same. Like, for instance, when I, with my coaching students at the beginning, if they are in the position where they want to become a data engineer, I'm trying to get them to a point where they, uh, where they are looking for certain industries. Mm, yes. If you're if you're looking at e-commerce or if you're looking at the IoT or banking or whatever, right? So if you have that knowledge, sorry, <coughs> if you have that knowledge and if you have some practice in that, then it's easier to break in the same uh, the same industry again because people understand ah that this person already knows to work with finance data. So <laughs> we are working with finance data as well most likely will not be very, very difficult for this person to start. Yeah. So. I, I love that too. I love that. I don't know where I'd heard that about your coaching, but um, maybe, maybe it was when we talked earlier. If, if you're trying to work for Facebook, solve, you know, study problems that Facebook faces, right? 
And, and then you have something amazing to show on your resume. Like I tackled this project that, you know, is relevant to Facebook. Um, you can have an online project that's on your online portfolio that says, Hey, look, here's the data that like, here's my thought process. Um, and then when you're in the interview and they, you know, maybe the, the interviewer is looking at you and looking at your resume and they're like, what do I ask this person? And it's like, Oh, here's this really relevant thing that we do at Facebook. I'm going to talk about that. And that's going to make you seem like a genius. It's like, that's such a, that's such a, a good way of preparing for an interview is like, okay, this is my end goal. You know, how, what type of things do they care about and how can I focus on those types of things? So I like that you do that in, in the Academy. Um, but before we move on, but that works yeah. for, as you said, that works for a scientist as well as for an engineer. Yes. The, 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 the project that you would put on your GitHub and put in the resume would be different. That a scientist would most likely focus on predicting stuff and the engineer would try to focus on working with the data, putting it somewhere. And I'm like, I'm not sure uh, we would, we would need to look into into that a bit more, but like uh, working with data warehouses or, or like or APIs that from, from apps where you, where you simulate apps or something, right? Yeah. So, it would be different, but generally it would be the same. Have something that is relevant for this industry and it wouldn't even, uh, it doesn't even uh, need to come to the point where the interviewer asks you about the project. You can do that as well. Like when yeah. there, there are coming questions and maybe you don't know the answer, but you could answer like, well, I did a project there uh, in my GitHub or, or for fun. And I had the exact same or a similar problem. And there are solved it like this. And then you get the conversation going, but you need some, something in your portfolio to actually start, start with that. Right. So true. You can bring it up. That that's a great point. Um, I, I did want to tell you just a little funny story. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I haven't told you this. I haven't really told that many people this. Um, okay, about no, a, I'm excited. <laughs> yes, you, you should be. About a year ago, I knew I was going to leave Exxon. Um, about a year ago, um, I just I wasn't too happy with my role. The company culture wasn't what I was looking for, and so I was I was you know I was open to to offers. Um, and I ended up getting a message in my LinkedIn from a recruiter at Facebook. Um, and, and for reference, my first role at ExxonMobil, my title was optimization engineer. And basically, I was uh, a data scientist that would make models that would optimize the refineries that we had at ExxonMobil. So I was doing a lot of... of optimization type data science, you know, LP, linear programming, solving for a maximum. Um, and this Facebook recruiter reached out to me. And I think, I think it was because I was active on LinkedIn and data science community. And I had on my resume optimization engineer because they had this role that was an optimization engineer. Um, but it turns, and so anyways, I talked to this recruiter um, and I ended up getting pretty far up the the interview process to like the final interview with like the the team manager um but about halfway through i figured out this optimization engineer job was really it was an optimization of their cloud computers 
So they were like trying to optimize where different videos are stored around the world and at what time they're there and all this stuff. And that's like, it was very data engineering heavy. Okay. And as I've told you in the past, I'm a very bad data engineer. Not very bad. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go that low. I'm not a good data engineer. Um, and I realized that halfway through like this process and I was like, oh, but it's Facebook. That's kind of exciting, but I'm like not qualified at all. So anyways, I made it to the last round uh, basically this data engineer process. And then finally the tech lead was like, you don't know anything about data engineering. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much true. I don't disagree with you at all. And I would be a bad data engineer, but I made it this far. So <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I, I needed, I guess I needed lean data, learn data engineering.com, but for that interview but process, I, yeah, but I think in your case, then the problem was it wasn't clear on what the what the actual goals were in this. They they saw that optimization engineer, but they they never really pointed out what what exactly that means, right? And and yeah, they, you were you were more thinking of like a scientist. They were more thinking of an engineer, but it was never made clear that what they were what they were thinking of. Yeah, it, it was a fun experience. I once I figured out, I was like ah. Well, I'm going to just see how far I can go and uh, see how far I can fool. And like I, like I, like you said, like once you have a job or an industry picked out and then a specific job, you can really hone down and try to learn the details. So I tried to learn as much as I could about like network engineering and, and cloud computing is uh, in like a week as I could. But it was anyways, <laughs> kind of if a fun it's, story. The, the problem is if it's not fun for you, then it, it, yeah. it's the wrong thing yeah and that's that's also what i see a lot like people especially a few years ago where, where everybody was talking about data scientists and data scientists and like everybody was trying to get a data science become a data scientist and then a lot figured out oh that's not that's not my thing like and then oops what, what to do now right so i, th I think that you need to you need to find out is it is that even something I want to do, engineering or science, for both roles, and so it's, for you it wouldn't it wouldn't have make most likely no not sense to to take that engineer job because it's not fun no, for you. yeah that hundred percent you're you're really right, but it was it was it would have been hard to turn down I think money wise so <laughs> maybe I would have been miserable for a year and then tried to transfer to a data science job that was yeah. kind of my thought I was like maybe I can just fake being a data engineer for one year and then I can just switch to a data science job inside of Facebook but yeah you're a hundred percent right you need to make sure happiness over everything and yeah, like that's that. as for me as well like I had a really really good job at Bosch and I was was making good money uh, but it didn't make me happy and yep. I even took me to a point where, where my health was was struggling where I was or where I was struggling with health and so I needed to do a change and like look at me now <laughs> I would have almost said like <laughs> but it's, it's like you need to do what, what if you like what what's fun to you for for you and yeah focus on that we spend, I think, I think we spend something like 90,000 hours of our life working. And it's like, do you want to be miserable during those 90,000 hours or would you like to be happy? And if it involves, you know, if it involves going back to school, then I think you should do it. You know, if it involves an investment, I think you should do it. 
if it involves taking, you know, a, a pay cut, I think you should do it because you only have one life. You have 90,000 hours that you're going to spend regardless. You might as well be happy during those 90,000 hours versus sad, right? Miserable. But, but yeah, well, I, I don't want to be a, a buzzkill, but most likely you're not going to be happy with this 90,000 hours uh, either way. Like <laughs> there are these, you know how it is. Like last week I was working on a, uh, on a, on a Kafka course and like I was struggling with the, no, uh, that was for MongoDB for the MongoDB course that's coming out next week. I was, I was struggling with setting up the stupid Docker container. Oh, that's for right. Like, for I even made a live stream about this because I, I couldn't get it. I was working like four hours as I was sitting there trying to get this stupid thing running and got nowhere and five hours of, of full, total frustration. And then I, like, so it, it's not it's either it's not always like sunshine. But once yeah. you once once you once you figure it out, it out then then it's a pretty good feeling like yeah and then back to (laughs) (laughs) there's definitely highs and lows to any position you have i guess it's just a matter of of choosing your lows right what type of lows would you like and i guess how often are are those lows um yeah because you know you know you're you're going to get through it yeah when i when I, i when i struggled i knew that i knew it's it's super dumb and it shouldn't be that hard, but I knew if I if I just spent more time, then I'm going to figure it out and everything will be fine. There, there yeah. hasn't been a problem until now that I never figured out. So you, you just need to struggle through it and then be happy that it works. That's all. I, I love that. And and of course, I mean, you would you rather have be stuck on a line of code? Or like, for instance, at Exxon, I felt like the bureaucracy and the management was just like very handcuffing. It's like they both are hard, right? They're both lows, but it's like, which one would you rather deal with? And also, you know, one thing I love about, you know, data science and just data careers in general is a lot of the time it's just you, the data and a computer. You know, those are the three objects in play. Versus, let's just say, a chemical engineer, you have you, a hundred different processes inside of a refinery, oil, a hundred different people inside of a refinery. And it's like, if something goes wrong, you don't have control over everything. Versus a lot of the times, I mean, this isn't always true, but a lot of the times when it's just you, the data, and a computer, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that you can blame, you know, other than... That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, <laughs> like I said, as well, yeah. yeah. And it, obviously as you scale up, like for instance, let's go to a big system like Facebook, there's hundreds of data sources and there's hundreds of engineers and that gets a little more complicated, but I think the principle still applies. We, we, we've been, we've been talking recently about, about Facebook. Um, I don't even remember with whom, with one of my students or with somebody else. Like we, and, and, and they said, I don't remember who said it. Who who was it? But like the the thing was with Facebook, everything is already like set. They already they, they have their structures oh yeah now, right yep. And there there's it's not really like there's a struggle and you you need to work out complex problems and like set up systems or or model 
like your pipelines because most of the stuff is already done and you're just there and you're transforming from here to there and like so so it's not it's not as challenging as starting with the start getting to a startup and the startup starts from from zero you need to come up with an architecture and so on and so on so yeah, yeah. i don't know I, how i started this but what that was wasn't interesting <laughs> no no you're 100 <laughs> wanted to go with it <laughs> no you're 100 right though that often at big companies the work is maybe a little less meaningful occasionally and you're more this is how I felt at Exxon. I mean, I'm sure other places are different, but at Exxon, I felt like a lot of the time, and I think this goes with Exxon's culture. So I think tech companies are probably a little bit different. Um, but a lot of the time I felt like I was a monkey, you know, I'm just grinding. Mm. I'm just winding the music box. Like I'm just doing what I'm told because there's a lot of systems in place and they don't, they didn't necessarily want to innovate as much as I wanted to innovate at smaller companies. Innovation is kind of a necessity. A lot of the yeah. time, like you said, like you're starting from scratch. So you have to come up with something yeah. and that can be really fun and, and really rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Projects can also be also in bigger companies. Projects can be fun. Uh, yeah. When you, when you start up, when you, when you have it as a startup, but once uh, I made this, uh, this experience, once you get into the machine, once you make this this step from uh, we're doing a startup and we're 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 very self-reliant and then you're getting into the actual processes of the company then the frustration can start because then th 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 there are challenges there's there's stuff in place yeah. that you cannot skip there are, you need to whatever you need to you need to work with with the IT department and they have their processes yep. and they have they are telling you how to set the, the your firewalls and, and what is allowed and what is not allowed, like you, yeah, you, you then you have to fight and then you're in the you're in the bureaucracy and so on. So yeah, it's, it's it can also be challenging. But my, oh. my thing is my thing is always the startup thing. I, I think I I'm like thinking about how to how to solve problems. How can, how can we what could we build to actually set this set everything up and and. And that is that is the most interesting part of it. Yeah, it it is interesting how there's different personalities that match that better. There's like um for like big companies, like more like public companies, they have like growth CEOs, right? So people that are like really growing the business and like mm -hmm. making it and innovating. And then they have, you know, what is it called? Operational CEOs. Mm -hmm. And they're like the people who are maintaining and keeping everything where mm -hmm. it is. And I think I think that's true of you know personalities. You know, people like you and me, we might like to build things and I, I won't, I won't bring your name into it, but I, I'm not a great finisher, you know, like I'm very good at like coming up with ideas and building it, you know, but sometimes I get bored or I just get discouraged by the bureaucracy. And I think there's probably other people that have, you know, better personalities to, to finish sometimes <laughs> when I start. Yeah, but it, 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 it it's absolutely right. I, I've been thinking about this, um, this uh, well, I was thinking about this early uh, end of last year as well. Like w once you're once you pass the the like the initial phase, there there are these the builders, the 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 conceptual workers, the the yeah the architects and so on. But once you once you once you go through that, most likely you need somebody else who who actually takes it from there and scales it and works with the with the bureaucracy and. And everything so they're they're i think it's it's 
it's exactly like you said with mentalities. There are different mentalities, like the one below, the 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 one who's do, who's working on the startup, who's who's trying to build something, doesn't care about the infrastructure that is already there, doesn't care about uh, the rules of the of the company, like yeah, the general rules, of course, but like doesn't care if if this is right or this is right from it. Yeah, like you're 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 building something, you want to get somewhere, you want to want to find a really good solution for the problem and not not be conformed to to the processes i think that that's what i want to say like you you're 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 not looking for conformity but at some point you need to bring this into uh, make this everything conform to the to the company's processes especially in corporations and these are different different mindsets different people yeah you, you, you need there and that's why i also then like decided to take a step back i'm I'm like i found myself a bit in the in the wrong role yeah um I, and that's um, which is not my thing yeah that's super true and and both are good you know they're just they're yeah, just different absolutely. personalities there are people who who hate this stuff like the startup stuff yeah they, they this is absolutely nothing they they need order they need processes and uh, we can't decide today this and th tomorrow this just because we found out something new why didn't we think of this before and like yep it's, it's completely normal and it's, it's it's nothing bad i think for sure you yeah. need to know your role <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um well this has been awesome conversation i've really enjoyed it um i've learned a lot about about data engineering um, and I've, I've learned a lot, maybe even about myself. I'm like, yeah, I hate managing stuff. I just want to build stuff. So, um, hopefully everyone else listening either live or in the, uh, podcast also got a lot out of it. I know I did. Um, where can we find you? Where can we find to hear more of the plumber of data science? You can find me on LinkedIn and Descartes. You can find me, as you said, in the beginning on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel with, I don't know, 300 videos or something. I recently bought myself a GoPro, so I'm going to do a bit more vlogging style in the next few oh, months, most likely. So fun. yeah, I want to have something that I that I can bring up and quickly talk to. So um, that, I'm also on Instagram, Andreas, <laughs> it's very boring, always use the same name, but like, yeah. Okay, Find me there. sweet. Maybe, maybe if you give me the copy of the audio, I'm going to uh, also put it on my podcast. Yeah, for the sure. You... of Data Science Podcast because I haven't I haven't put stuff on there as well for some yeah, time. But... For sure. Yeah, I'll give you the audio and the video. You can do whatever you want with it for sure. Okay, um, sweet. Yeah, I am um, big fan of Andreas. Connect with him on LinkedIn. You can, you can also check out uh, the Academy, learndataengineering.com. Um, I might need to take some classes there, especially if Facebook ever reaches out again, you know what I'm saying? And figure <laughs> some stuff out. Um, just kidding. I'm very Facebook. If you're listening, I'm very happy with what I'm doing right now. You can reach out later some other time, but right now I'm busy. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can check him out on YouTube. I just found him on Instagram. I tagged you today, um, nice. on, on my okay. story, I think. Okay. So I, I just found you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Andreas. Thank you everyone else who is listening. Um, hopefully if you have any more questions about data engineering, uh, you can reach out to me or Andreas. We can talk about it more. Um, yep. Andreas, thank you so much. Yep. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for having me here. Um, yep. yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.